following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. gentlemen welcome back to another fantasy week another fantastic fantasy week i am your host with the most this week uh mr kyle rainey i am rolling solo as gary halt is entering vacation mode he's kicked back somewhere with maybe a mai tai on the beach or he's stuck at work who knows only me uh guys we're gonna make this a rather quick episode this past week we talked about boom and bust prospects uh this week i'm gonna talk about stock up stock down players who are projected pretty high in fantasy who maybe I don't buy in on that or players who've dropped and I'll explain if I think they should deserve a drop or should not. But let's cut start off with a little bit of news here. Um, first and foremost, this past weekend, the Pittsburgh Steelers released six-time Pro Bowler David DeCastro, starting guard who has discussed uh, some retirement thoughts with an ankle injury recently this offseason, and then followed right up by signing guard Trey Turner, another former All-Pro, a poor season with the Chargers this past year. Um, So the Steelers swap guard for guard, Pro Bowler for Pro Bowler in the past, uh, but now we're down four of five former starters on that line. Uh, Wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, Marquise Goodwin, did miss out on the Olympics. The New York Jets have signed offensive tackle Morgan Moses, uh, one-year deal, so it looks like he might either flank or swing tackle opposite of Mackay Becton over there. The former New York Jets and Denver Broncos, most prominently Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, announces his retirement from the NFL, and the NFL has approved alternate helmets yet again. That's right. Your favorites, the Houston Oiler helmets, the the Tampa Bay feathered hat pirate, the Buccaneer, original Buccaneer helmets, uh the standing Patriot helmet, those helmets could soon be returning. Not this upcoming year, but the following year. So fun news out there for NFL fans around who like to see a little bit of swap with their team junies. That's your uh, that's your information. But without further ado, I'm going to go through about the top 120, see what players out of here I'm going to recognize that I think might have had a maybe a well-deserved stock rise. Stock drop or uh, or an unfair stock rise stock drop. We'll start right at the top. Uh, we you got to kind of call it stock rise. Chris McCaffrey, who finishes the year only playing really five healthy games, is for the most part listed as the number one running back again. Stock up, stock down. You got. I'm I'm gonna go stock up here. Um, when he was healthy, he was producing twenty point games. Chris McCaffrey is a freak. Carolina's done a lot to build around him there. They're not going to take the ball out of his hands, but they're going to make his job a little easier with what he can and has to do. So I think rightfully so, the stock rising on McCaffrey back to the top is with good deal. Uh, the next one I want to look at here, I, I'm i going to say Saquon Barkley. That's another risen stock. It's a guy who only played two games last year. Didn't look good in those two games, really. He played. The Giants were somewhat abysmal last year. 
I'm going to go and agree again, though, with a stock rises in favor. Saquon was not given the parts last year. He he was missing a left tackle. They didn't have a true wide receiver there. Like, I, I apologize in saying that, you know, to the guys who were there, but Golden Tate was no longer a number one wide receiver. What they've done with Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay, a huge upgrade. Getting their starting left tackle back, a huge upgrade. Um, Danny Dimes really is in that make-or-break year, which which stinks because you've had we've seen that recently with some guys who get the raw end of the deal. But I think Saquon comes back and has a nice bounce back, and and rightfully so is a stock rise here. Number six on this list, so Jonathan Taylor, uh, to be called a first round pick, to be called a top six running back. I am selling on the stock alert here. Um, not saying Jonathan Taylor's a bad guy. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad year because I also don't agree with that either. Um, but I would be the first one to tell you that I, I don't truthfully believe that he's going to be a top six running back this year. His numbers against very good run teams were not great last year. His his big numbers came against low end running te- or running defenses. Um, and then you have to factor in Marlon Mack coming back in a three headed monster in Indy. Is that going to affect it? And yes, yes, it will. Um, so to me, Jonathan Taylor does not land in that spot in terms of stock, uh, and he's being overvalued. So I would tell you to sell on that. Let someone else in your league get infatuated with him, and you can find better value with that pick. Quite honestly. Uh, another one here, number seven, Zeke Elliott. Stock up, stock down. Stock idle. I didn't like what we saw out of Zeke last year. However, you're adding back a second part, not just Zeke with a, a poor line. You're also adding back the starting quarterback in Dak Prescott. That's not great for future Zeke, especially when he starts to lose more of the skill there or slow down more as he gets older. But fantasy is not always about who's the most productive, who's the most talented. Charlie say it's not who's the most talented. It's who can produce the best in the best situation. And Zeke gaining back another number one top three fantasy quarterback is going to only bode better for him. Um, I'm not saying go higher on him. I'm not saying that you need to buy on this, but I wouldn't necessarily drop it and knock it either. I think Zeke still remains a top 10 quarterback or running back, um, especially in the situation. Trying to look to see who else here. Stock up on Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. Uh, He is the number 14th ranked player on this list that I'm looking at here. That's a stock that I don't necessarily need to jump on. Najee Harris Anybody who listened to us talk about the draft situation itself, his his skill is out of control. However, as stated at the beginning of this episode, Pittsburgh is down four starting linemen. And they've got a very, very aging Ben Roethlisberger there. Doesn't mean that Najee Harris isn't going to be a good player at some point in time, but it's, a, it's very similar to me of what I saw with Clyde Edwards-Solaire last year. It's not the perfect situation for a rookie. To me, to want to bode a potential first round pick on and hope that he can lead my team to victory. I just, I don't want that. My next one, I think I want to explore uh, Antonio Gibson here. Number 17 on this list. Didn't have to do much last year in terms of who he was fighting off. Bryce Love couldn't stay healthy. Darius Geis got cut before the season started. Antonio Gibson was pretty well handed 
most of the reps there. Besides receiving downs where J.D. McKissick really took over. Um, I'm going to say stock down on Gibson as well just because there's a better pure runner there, I believe, in Jarek Patterson. Not saying that Gibson's not a good player. Gibson's a nice all-around talent, but I don't know if he sees the same amount of snap count. Um, so again, a second-round pick, something I'm not incredibly crazy on. Um, Stefan Diggs here, one of those guys at 20. I'm going to put this as a full group here. Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Brown, Jefferson. Five players that are listed as the bottom half of round two. I would buy. I would buy on all five of those guys. Six, if you really want to include Michael Thomas here. I could take any of those guys in the late to mid-second and feel like I'm getting better value than what some of these players are here. All of them are still at a young enough time. Diggs, Ridley, I mean, Hopkins being the oldest, I think, out of this group. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson all had great years last year. And really, for the most part, most of it was breakout years. Ridley really took the reins last year, finally, after being a a first, second-round pick a couple years ago. Diggs goes to Buffalo his first year there and just breaks out. A.J. Brown gets to take over the reps from Corey Davis, and now Corey Davis is gone. Uh, Justin Jefferson becomes a top 15 wide receiver, I think, last year. With Adam Thielen still in the mix, I think he continues to take more off of that that plate this year. So the, these, these third-round receivers, I'm comfortable saying are second-round picks. Interesting areas to be in. Uh, stock up, stock down, number 28, J.K. Dobbin here. I would almost put stock down. I don't hate the value there, but he didn't show me enough last year for me to jump and go crazy for him. And they still show that they like Gus Edwards with the extension they gave him. Um, That being said, I I think I'm comfortable with J.K. Dobbin closer to 40. And I think that people are are jumping way too high on the former high second-round pick aspect to make it necessarily be that. Rashad Penny was a former first-round pick and... Did not come close to that. But for high-grade picks, they're going to always carry well in fantasy. Um, Allen Robinson, 32 here uh, on my list. Let me see what number exactly he is because this is criminal. So he is the number 12 wide receiver on this list and number 32 overall. Um, he pre- performed well last year. I believe he was a top 10 receiver as well with a cast of really nobody's throwing him the ball. And I'm not sitting here telling you I believe Andy Dalton's going to be throwing the ball because if Andy Dalton were throwing the ball, I wouldn't believe that his stock would be where it is at all. Um, I think Justin Fields is probably the guy who's going to be his quarterback for most of the season when it matters. And I would I would b- bump him into a top eight receiver spot, probably four, four full position picks higher. Um, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb being number 13, 14 on this list of receiver, 34, 36. I don't like the stock where it is because I don't know who's going to bode where they should be here. Um, end of the day, I kind of, and I said this, I think last week, I would avoid both Dallas guys unless you have a gut feeling that one of them takes a job. I don't necessarily think Lamb's ready yet to walk in and be the number one. So I don't think I need to jump on him and Cooper hasn't always been the epitome of health. Um number 38 Miles Gaskin here on the list. His stock is well up. 
he, he's borderline a number two or a wide receiver two. And he's the only thing in Miami. That's, again, the potential there. I'm buying in on his stock rise. I'm buying in on the potential and the ability of what he should be able to bring to the table. And the same goes with running back number 40 here with David Montgomery. Again, yes, Tariq Cohen's in the fold, but he's going to be the change of pace back. I think Montgomery and Gaskins are facing decent enough schedules where they should both be productive running back twos and probably high-end running back twos. They're probably going to outperform some of these guys ahead of them. Your Chris Carson, maybe your your Dobbin for sure, I think. Uh, even potentially your Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, I like that value there of Gaskin and Montgomery, 38-40, back half running back twos. Uh, however, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, who are in the same grouping, 39-41. I am selling on those guys. Uh, Miles Sanders, the, the Eagles offense is just has no identity. You don't know what they want to do. Are they going to run completely with Jalen Hurts? Are they going to... Are they going to go back to a run first offense? Do they have a line there? Um, Josh Jacobs the same. Josh Jacobs has all the talent you want. Derek Carr can't always put it together. And now Kenyon Drake's in the fold there. So Josh Jacobs, to me, I would like probably a little later being able to try to handcuff those picks. Uh, ooh, what else do we got? Adam Thielen being at 48 is a guy who... I think we saw last year stumble with age, stumble with injury concern, and is losing that number one receiver spot. So I don't think I want him as a top 50 pick. I also think it's a stock that I would go stock down on. Travis Etienne is a guy that until I see more in preseason is also a guy I'm going to list as stock down. Is he going to be a three down back? Is he going to be mainly a receiving back? Is he going to be used as a wide receiver? Until we know more about how his usage looks, I'm not buying into him as a top 50 either. Mike Davis being the back half of 50 here. Pick 50 overall listed. Um, probably the start of the the running back threes. Stock up, stock up, stock up. Atlanta has always made bread and butter on these strong, pounding running backs. Matt Ryan's still there. They added a fearsome receiver slash tight end in Kyle Pitts. Mike Davis is going to get that ball as a change of pace once they get up, and he's going to slam it into people. I could see Mike Davis having reminders of Michael Turner when he was when he was in his prime. So I like Michael Davis this year. Um, TJ Hawkinson at 51, listed being quite a few tight ends. I'm going stock up on him as well. I want to bump him higher on this list, and I'm buying into the hype. I think legitimately TJ Hawkinson is the next guy knocking on the door to be a top three tight end. Travis Kelsey's over the age of 30. Not saying he's falling out, but this is the concern we started to have to about two years ago now with Zach Ertz. So is Zach Ertz getting too old? Well, when is that Travis Kelsey's time? TJ Hawkinson's going to be the young legs, and I could see him being really productive here. Uh, the stock on Jamar Chase, pick 53, is a stock that I would also sell on. There's three very good receivers here. Nothing in my mind states that it has to be Jamar Chase. I get that the college connection's there. But Jamar Chase to me also screams out every single rookie receiver that somebody in your draft read one paragraph on and now thinks it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Jamar Chase in some leagues I think is going to end up going as a back half of round three, early round four pick. And I'm not willing to sell the farm that high on him. Uh, Mark Andrews pick fi- er, in the top 55 here. Tight end number five. 
I think I'm willing to sell. I think Mark Andrews is going to finish close to the bottom half. He's going to be a top 10 tight end. So if you really, really feel like you need to buy or get him because his floor is where it is, that's fine. But I'm looking for a high ceiling tight end. And I, I unfortunately don't think that's him. I think we've seen what Mark Andrews is, is capable of. And I don't think we're going to see it improve a whole bunch. Uh, number 56 on my list, Chase Edmonds. That's a guy who I'm pushing his stock to the moon. We're going straight Dogecoin here. Uh, I can see Edmonds being a high end running back too. A guy who's around that 17 to 13 running back range, which is something that if you can get around this area, you're going to be patting yourself on the back down the line. So Chase Edmonds to me here, a guy I really think is a great value later bye week as well. Um, and a pretty reasonable schedule this year. Cortland Sutton, number 59. Um, this one's one, one of those weird ones to me. Like, I like Cortland Sutton as a player. I like what his availability is and what he was supposed to be last year. But I think him going a year out with an Achilles injury, Achilles or ACL, leg injury, still not great for power of, of a receiver on the, on the routes. And having a year two Jerry Judy out here, I think Sutton does settle into that wide receiver number two role in Denver. And not saying it can't be a good sign, but it very well might be he's receiver number 35 to 40, which picking that at number 59 doesn't seem practical. Um, number 60, Brandon or Josh Allen. Stock is through the roof. I'm telling you to sell on it. I love Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. If you're listening to this and you're from Buffalo, sell. Someone in your league is not waiting until 60. And in a standard 12-man league, that is the end of round five. If I can get Josh Allen at the end of round five, buy all day. In a, in a league where people are on that Patrick Mahomes was, was king two years ago type deal, someone's going to take Josh Allen in the top 24. I'm not saying Josh Allen's not going to be a top three quarterback because that would be mental to say. But in terms of drafting position, you're not going to be rewarded by taking that quarterback in the top 24. You're just saying it so you can have a top three quarterback and you're giving up some better talent along the way. So Josh Allen will be top three quarterback, will be over-purchased on, however, I believe this year. Number six to one, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, along the lines here, he's listed probably in that wide receiver 30 to 40 range. And I think he's got a high end of being wide receiver 24 to 15. So a back half wide receiver two this year. I'm telling you to buy, buy, buy on Ayuk. I think he's going to be very productive for a lot of fantasy teams here. Um, and I think it's going to be a guy who will be rostered on a lot of fantasy championship teams this year. Uh, pick Number 64 on this list, Kyle Pitts. Basically listing him here. At, I think it's tight end six here. Someone's going to leapfrog Mark Andrews. Someone's going to leapfrog TJ Hawkinson. Someone's going to only know. It's, this is the same thing. Same spiel I just gave about Jamar Chase. Um, Kyle Pitts is going to be heavily overdrafted. So I'm selling on his stock as well. If you can get Kyle Pitts in the 75 to 85 range, all day. Great value. But unfortunately, Kyle Pitts for being listed around 64 is going to be more in the 45 to 55 range. About 10 picks higher than he probably deserves to be going. And it's due to name recognition. It's due to the talent he had in college. And don't get me wrong, the talent is fearsome. 
But jumping on that, especially on a rookie player, is not going to solidify anything for your fantasy team that early in the draft. Uh, another guy here, Leonard Fournette, number 66. Sell on him. I don't need to jump that high on a player who, for the most part of last year, was not even the starter, really. Ronald Jones carried most of the regular season reps. Who's to say we don't get that out of out of Super Bowl winning again? That he doesn't really get a whole bunch. They save him and salvage him for the, for the playoffs. Um, let somebody else take him in that top six rounds. I don't need him to be a guy I want to have to depend on as what should be a starting player on your roster in the top six rounds. Um, Melvin Gordon, listed here at 72. That would be the very back half of round six. And I don't think I like it. That's again, it's, is he going to be the guy who wins that job? Is it going to be Melvin Gordon or is it going to be Javonta Williams? I'm selling on that stock as well. I'm selling on James Conner stock because I think James Conner and Melvin Gordon are going to take back seats as as number two running backs this year. Yes, I know you're looking for handcuffs, but if I'm taking a running back in that in that round, I mean Raheem Mostert should be the number one there. You're you're still looking at the potential of Zach Moss, who might be the number one. Kenyon Drake has receiving ability. Damian Harris is number one back, so like there's still guys who you know should have more carries in that area there instead of going with a guy who you might see 10 carries a game out of or 15 total touches. That's not going to guarantee you a great winning fantasy running back. James Robinson's in the same boat until that Jacksonville backfield really settles out. I don't want any part of it. Dallas Godert is falling in that 8 to 12 tight end range, and this is a guy with a high ceiling that I'm very high on. Um, if you can get him, and that's one of those things, Godert 77, but behind him, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel, Justin Herbert, Odell Beckham, and I laugh at that for other reasons, we'll get to that in a second. Those are names that will probably leapfrog him because people are still bullish on Dallas Godert because, oh, well, Zach Ertz and... He, he didn't have a great year. Well, he got hurt for part of the year. He was very productive when he was there. And if he falls out of that 77 to past 80, something that should be a seventh-round pick, I'm more than happy taking my shot at a high top six tight end potential as somebody I'm paying a top 10 tight end potential price tag on. Um, Jerry Judy and Curtis Samuel, I know I did just say them like it was a bad thing. I'm buying into the stock on them. I think they're both going to have good seasons well ahead of their draft ADP. Uh, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, guys that just one year ago were in the 45 to 35 range and now are down here. I'm buying that they belong down here. I'm buying they probably belong lower. Brandon Cooks is in a Houston offense that has no real rhyme or reason stating anything that you want to buy into it, anything you should be buying into it. Odell Beckham watched after as he hurt himself the Cleveland offense home better without him and there are trade talks murmuring there David Johnson is 31 he's passed really he really should have been didn't really perform last year couldn't really stay healthy and again the Houston offense is abysmal so those guys I'm all selling and I'm all, I'm all buying that they, they deserve to have fallen shall I say um Justin Herbert 85. If, if I can get Justin Herbert at 85, I think this is a phenomenal 
piece. But the ability to physically get Justin Herbert at 85 is going to be vastly different. People are still going to probably jump him ahead of your Russell Wilsons. They're still going to probably jump him ahead of Dak Prescott after the injury. And potentially ahead of Kyler Murray as well. And I don't truthfully know that I want to be putting putting a second-year Justin Herbert into the belief and thought process and the pay grade of being a top-five quarterback. I'm much happier and sooner looking to put Kyler Murray in that situation this year than I am Justin Herbert. So where Herbert's listed, I'm I'm buying. I think that's the correct spot. Where he might go, I'm selling. I think he's probably going higher on these lists. Um, Jalen Hurts at 91, directly behind Justin or um, directly behind Herbert. That's that's what I'm selling. I don't believe he belongs here. I believe he should be further down the list. To put him ahead of a guy like Tannehill, who just bolstered the, the receivers he's got. Tom Brady, who's still going to be a top twenty or top top twelve quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, who's coming off an MVP season. Yes, I understand everything that's going on, but if he's healthy, you have to add him higher. And Joe Burrow, who was in pace to be much better last year. I think it's mind blowing to think that we're going to have to put Hurts ahead of all of them. Lavisca Chenault, another player here, ninety three. Lavisca Chenault feels like so many of those guys in the past who had high first-round picks on them, didn't really show much. Yeah, he's got flashes. He's talented, but so is Denard Robinson. Shoelace was great. Um, for me to think that he's really going to be the guy who takes the claim here in Jacksonville and is, is the new guaranteed number one, I, I don't I don't feel comfortable with that in a top 100 pick setting here. Uh, Jarvis Landry at 96, I think that's a false spot. I think he needs to be higher. I think you could probably swap him and Od- Odell. He's always going to be a PPR productive receiver. He was the main focal point once Odell went down. And really, just all around, it's somebody that's found a good connection with Baker there. Jamal Williams, this is a guy who's climbing the list here. Detroit running back number two, pick 101 outside of the 100. Uh, around him and in the area, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary. Not to knock Devin Singletary, Um but Henderson, Singletary, A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, I think Jamal Williams is going to hold the same potential that he had in Green Bay as a receiving back. So I think I think Jamal Williams can still be a guy who ends up being a top 35, top 40 back, a guy who you can start weekly as a flex spot if you are in desperate need. So I liked, I think I'm buying high on Jamal Williams as well. Um, guys, it, it's, it's a little weird. Some stuff in, I think, this upcoming... Friday episode when we talk about draft strategy a little bit further, but uh, we're getting to the nitty gritty offseason part here. So bear with us. Gary and I are going to be here to hopefully help you guys talk through your strategy more. Would love to have you guys write in some questions on our Facebook or our Twitter page. Even shoot them to our email account. Uh, we're actually still using under at podcast seven wing six at gmail.com. Uh, shoot questions. Ask us what we think about certain players, certain draft aspects, certain certain moves. Do you have a dynasty that you want to find some, some questions about? Let us know. We'd be more than happy to answer these questions on our podcast for you guys. But, guys, I think that'll end it for this episode. So until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them.